because uh, the more that you uh, dedicate to me, I can also dedicate to you, right? That That is the blessing that we have, right? And so let us go into today's sermon, uh, the relationship between the church and the Holy Spirit. And this relationship is continue what's being proclaimed right and, and so we've been talking about the fullness of the holy spirit and last week we talked about what the holy spirit does when he comes into us regarding uh sin righteousness and judgment and he didn't just come to this earth but he went inside of us he came inside of us and so when the church was established the holy spirit was was there together with the church and so after jesus christ finished his ministry on earth and as he went up to the heavens he he uh came and and became uh he uh he he, or he sent his holy spirit to dwell within us and so we've been continuing to listen to the sermons regarding the holy spirit and actually myself every day um, what's going deeper inside of me is more as I meditate more upon the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells within me and how the greatness and the inspiration the joy that that causes the fact that His Spirit is with me this is something that I think I can meditate upon all my life and still be amazed every day in a new way and so for the past uh, week uh, we, we've been talking about this this um, this, this, uh, what the Holy Spirit does inside of us regarding uh, righteous or sin, righteousness, and judgment. That He continually, um, uh, not discern, He continually uh, convicts us regarding these things. And so, this is what's being made inside of us as beings who have the Holy Spirit dwelling within inside of us. And and so it's the one who who limits the Holy Spirit the least. It's the one who is able to be more in tune to the Holy Spirit. The one who does not look down upon the Holy Spirit, who does not take it in vain. This is the per- this is the one who will truly be victorious. This is the secret behind that. And as I always say, uh, for the past 24 years, I've met so many different kinds of people. But I have not yet met someone who has been completely so great like in the Bible. Um, And the difference between uh, that is the fact is how much are you limiting the Holy Spirit within you? And that's the inspiration that needs to be there. And so the foolishness of man is that there's nothing more great than the Holy Spirit. And yet they try to find meaning outside. There's no one more powerful than God. And yet they're looking for power outside. And so it's about living by Him. That is what's ultimately is going to be proved to be wise. That is what's going to be proved to be uh, fruitful. And so that's how we are to live. It's not about how smart you are. It's not about how rich you are. It's not about how powerful you are. Amongst people, there's no difference. No matter how smart you may be, if you compare it to the dumbest person in the world, that's it's not a big difference when you compare it in light of God. Amen? And so for this reason, uh, this Holy Spirit was was given to us because this great being, the spirit of Yahweh, the spirit of power, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the spirit of uh, of, of the and so these the seven spirits. As long as we believe that it's inside of us, just the fact that believing in this, then we'll understand how great the Holy Spirit is within you. And so, and so, how much are you limiting Him in your life is what's going to determine how much the glory of God is revealed in your life. And so, as long as you are not limiting Him, 
uh, the, the, no, no. So the saints that were able to show who was not limiting the Holy Spirit, it was the early church. Look at how much uh, they were living by the Holy Spirit that the deacon Philip would be moved, would be transported from point A to point B. You know, I've I've experienced not not that to that extent, but I've experienced God moving me from one point to point B, go from the top of the mountain to the bottom of the mountain. And really, when we are fully encapsulated by the Holy Spirit, we'll experience these kinds of things. And and so, uh, remember. When I say give, share these kinds of testimonies, it's not something that's only for me. Because if it was only for me, it would be of no meaning. But it's this this applies to everyone. It's not it's not that I did something, but that God did something inside of me, and so He is proclaiming His truth. It's not about me. And. The problem, why it seems so fantastic, is because for the past 2,000 years, the, the great prostitute has been polluting and diluting the truth of God. It's not about what I can do. It's not about what I've done. It's not about what the saints have done. It's about what who He is and what He can do. Amen? And then another thing that He did that was important is... Is or no the another another thing that's important about about the Holy Spirit is that we are He is important to us because we are the church, and so so does that mean that only the Holy Spirit has something to do with the church? No, that's not the case. All all heads of the Trinity uh, have something to do with the church, but there is significance with the Holy Spirit because when the church was established, the church was established with the sending of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, within us, the Father is with us, the Son is with us, but when it comes to physical space, who is inside of us? It is the Holy Spirit. And so from this perspective, when it comes to the church, uh, the Holy Spirit has this greater significance, doesn't it? And so, of course, God reigns over us, but this reign, this, this dominion is expressed through who? Through the Holy Spirit. And so from this perspective, we can consider that the Holy Spirit has greater significance to the church, right? And so, and so as we read today's message of chapter 4, verse 11, the Holy Spirit comes to us, and what did He do? He built up this system, this system of prophets, apostles, evangelists, and teachers, and pastors, and to establish the church, to equip the church. And so this is the absolute system that, is, that must be the base of the church. And it's in the system that, that the saints are raised up in the church. If He doesn't work, then the truth, the Holy Spirit, the blood, all of these things cannot work together as a unit. It's because He is inside of us that the blood is confirmed. It's because He is inside of us that the gospel shines forth. And it's because He is inside of us. He is the source. He is the foundation. And so as long as the Holy Spirit is not limited, we will not suffer that strength that, that, that is given to the... We will not suffer a loss of the strength that has been given to the church. 
Right. We that's why we talk about this being of the church, which is something that you were unable to hear in any other church. You're always hearing in our church, being of the church, being of the church, being of the church. And it's finally now that you're starting to realize what that being of the church is, what it means to be the church, that, that we are able to share and be transparent amongst one another, that we are fellow members of a single body, that we are able to be like charcoals gathered together, though individually we may not be very warm. Uh, but when we come together, we spark into a great flame, right? And this is all possible because of the coming of the Holy Spirit. It's because the Holy Spirit is there that, that, that this, this is all possible. And even all the works is spiritually going on. Uh, all the all the spiritual attacks is to to come against the Holy Spirit, is to limit the Holy Spirit. And remember, as we saw in the Gospel of John, the spirit of the world is, is ultimately what's critically coming against the Holy Spirit. And why? Because as we saw in the Gospel of John, that the spirit of this world cannot know, cannot realize, cannot see, cannot receive the things of the Holy Spirit. And so um, we're continually praying for holiness to be completely sanctified, to be completely set apart. And as we see in chapter 4, verse 1, that the, the, uh, the that it's when we are completely set apart that, that, that the authority and power over nature, nature, the power and authority over the world continually uh, is made manifest. And so do not forget for even a moment that, that, that we, that the church, that the world cannot do anything for us, that, that, that God is the one who, who gives us what our needs are. He's the one who, who fulfills our needs. He is the one who, who is the source of our life. There is nothing in this world that, that, that we, should, um, we should invest in. And so His Holy Spirit... Right? He, how many names does he have? How many names does the Holy Spirit have? So many. Why? Because he does so much for us. He does so much for us, right? Yesterday we talked about those seven spirits, the spirit of truth. He is our protector. He is our great advocate. He is the spirit of truth. What else? He is the spirit of comfort. What else? He is the spirit of sanctification, the spirit of adoption. And so really the Holy Spirit has so many names because of all that he does. And everything that he does, he's not just a jack of all trades, but he is a master of all trades. And so how great is that? How great is that? And so it is foolishness. It is utter foolishness to not live by the Holy Spirit. And of course... Kyungchang, Deacon Kyungchang gained a lot of benefit for getting married, right? He, his belly came out a little bit. So he got a lot of benefits. But how much more benefit does he get for living with the Holy Spirit? Amen? Anyways, moving on. So I want to, I hope that today's sermon will be short. Because today is a celebration, right? And so a celebration is about preaching short. Whether you believe it or not, I always want to preach short. And so anyways, let's begin. Chapter one or chapter four, verse one. Paul is beginning by saying that the church is united to the Holy Spirit. I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So remember, Paul is writing this letter in prison. And so though he is imprisoned, what is he saying? He's saying that that the, the gospel is not imprisoned. 
So same thing for us. We need to be completely under the reign of the Holy Spirit. Right. Many people don't want to be controlled by people, right? But when we are controlled by the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? That means that we are under the Spirit of Truth. When we are under the Spirit of Truth, what does that mean? That means we are completely free. Why? Because we are under that 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 um, that flow of the Holy Spirit. Just as a fish is not free unless he's in a body of water, in the same way we are not free unless we are in the Holy Spirit. And so, whether it's Paul or any other ministry. What, what was their common factor is that they were under the Holy Spirit. As it says in Ezekiel 47, uh, the being completely under, the uh, being covered in water, being able to be moving wherever the river flows, that is true freedom. If the river flows to the right, we go to the right. If it goes to the left, we go to the left. If it goes backwards, we go backwards. If it goes forward, we go forward. That is the goal. That is the goal that we have as, 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 as Christians, to be under that complete control of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> And so as we continue to live by the Holy Spirit, what allows us to be under that complete submission is by putting our flesh to death. And look, look at all the forebears before us. They have all lived in the same way, putting themselves to death instead of living for themselves, but living for the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. The problem that we don't not see those kinds of states in these days is because everyone is living for themselves now. Everything is based around themselves. It's about my things, my knowledge, my ability, my children, my business, my life. God created the heavens and the earth and gave it to us. And ultimately, it's all His. We possess nothing. Even my life is not my own. And so as long as you are living self-centered, your life will be more wretched. And so the person who is the most glorious is the one who does not live for himself, but lives for God, lives for the Holy Spirit. But it's because we possess so many things apart from the Holy Spirit. That's why our prayer is so weak. But when we pray, live for God and when we say, Lord, He should be there instantaneously. But it's because we are weighed down by so many things. We are fettered by so many things. That's why it's so slow. It must be God alone that you are best. You are our everything. That all I need is you. Amen. And so that's what Paul is saying right here, that, that, that it is not imprisoned, that the gospel is not imprisoned. Because to Paul, he has nothing else apart from the word. And so let us yearn for God who made this in Paul, that God would make this in us as well, that we would live for the word and the word alone. And so now to Yerban Church that is growing into this sanctification state. That, that that is what needs to be characterized inside of us. That apart from the Holy Spirit, that we have nothing else. That no matter what, what suffering you may go through, no matter what hardships you may be going through, that Lord, that it's not about me, it's not about me or what I have, but God. Because that is what God is asking you. What He is asking you is, is that what apart from me do you value? What apart from me do you have? And so that's what we want to lay down because everything belongs to you. Everything is yours, Lord. And so let us lay it down. Lay everything down. That is true freedom. That is true freedom and that is the secret to being the glorious church. These days, too many of us, we have such this instinct and the strength to survive. And so we keep trying to use God to make something of ourselves. That's, that's, that's the hardship. 
And so as I always say, if you think that I want to use God to make something, you are not actually serving God, but you are serving Baal. And many of these kinds of people, when they come before the Lord, there will be so many of them where God will say that I do not know who you are. Away from me, you wicked servant. And so we really need to be warned. We need to be uh, be wary of this. That that living for in in this self-centered way is such a danger. And so now Yorban Church. Apart from God, let us have nothing. Apart from God, let us have nothing. Every morning, praying deeply in repentance. As it says in Isaiah 50, that Lord, we would be able to have this contrite and broken heart. Yes, Lord? And so, uh, in these 25 years, that we want to be a church that is known in this way. And so, Lord, in 24 years, look at them, that they are giving their lives for you. They want to die for you, Lord. And so I want to be able to proclaim this without any doubt. And really, these are not my words. But as it says in Mark 8, that, that is the, who are the disciples? The disciples are the ones who can give their lives for, for the Lord and the gospel. Those who carry the cross every day. It's not about living for ourselves. It's not about living in our, in our self-centered way. But we're laying it all down. And I want to be able to proclaim, look, Lord, here is your people. Your people who is giving everything for you. So I'm looking at you to see if you're ready, if you've made that determination. Amen? So let's continue. Okay. If I continue in this way, this sermon is going to take a long time. And so I therefore urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling so pastor lee if you could come here really quickly it's a little bit too tall that you will walk in a manner worthy of the calling and so this worthy of the calling this this word calling comes out four times in in ephesians ephesians 1 18 and so this word calling especially to uh, our church is really important, right? This is one of the most important words in our church. Why are you able to persist here? It's because of your calling. But it's not just this calling, but this calling is not just any calling, but the calling of the king. Let's say even in the world, if you come before a king, if he did not call you, he would you would be killed, right? Like it, like Esther. But how much more this calling of the king of all kings? There's no way to underemphasize this. There's, uh, there's no way to overemphasize this. And so the king of all kings. And so as it says in Hebrews, what is uh, the, 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 the culmination of this calling is the fact that we are able to draw near to the throne of grace. And it's because he has called us that we have the authority to draw near to his throne right so when we are filled with the holy spirit the joy of this glory will continue to abound inside of us but now anyways and so this word calling comes up four times and this word calling it it, it, it is it finds its etymology in ecclesia and and so whether are you in the church or not and so you're calling you're calling before god before the father he has called you but who did he call you to he called you to the church he has called you to the church and so your calling it cannot be separated from the church 
And so if you do not know the church, that means you are turning away from that calling and you are failing to understand and realize how important that calling is. That's why this calling is being emphasized here because what's important is that he is the head, right? And because he is the head, there must be a body. And so it's important to be called to that body. Who calls you to that body? It is God himself. And so this is what sets you apart from the world. And this is the power and strength that allows you to live this sanctified life. And so it's not just the children of God, but all these people in the world, ultimately, the secret of their life is who has called you, right? Who is the most important person to be called to in our nation, right? It would be President Yoon, right? President Yoon. Right? If he calls you, that is the greatest glorious, right? That is the greatest glory in our, in our country. And so ultimately, even in this world, that's what it's about. It's who has called you. That's the most important thing. But what about you? Who has called you? Ah, God has called you. And the fact that he called you, the content of that calling in itself, what's in it? It's the church. The church is the content of that calling. And so if he has called you, then as the church, you are established. And all this truth of the Bible, the glory that he has prepared, all of that ultimately is what is to establish what? The church. He has called you to establish this church. And so Ephesians, Colossians, Romans, all of this is about the doctrine of the church. And the focus of that church is glory. And that glory, what, what does it say in Romans? It says it's freedom. What about in Ephesians? It says riches. And then in Colossians, what? It says there's power. And so it's because of this church that this freedom, power, and, and glory, riches is there. But it's because you are the church that that un is unveiled to you. And so this calling in itself is a calling of the king. It's the calling of the church. And so as we say again in verse four, chapter, or chapter 4, verse 1, it says, So live in a way, walk in a manner worthy of that calling. And then we also see in chapter 1, verse 18, that, uh, ha that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. And so... He opened our eyes. And what did he allow us to see? He allowed us to see the hope of that church, the hope of that calling, hope of that calling. That's what we see in chapter 1, verse 18. And, the, and so God has this hope when he called us. And so our eyes are opened to that hope. And so if you fail to know that calling, then remember, what is hope? Hope is is our, the goal but when your eyes are not open to that hope you you are not able to see what you what that goal is and that's why you lose your you lose your vision to money you lose your vision to success if And so as long as you know what it is, the hope of your calling, then you would not lose sight. You would not lose your way to money, to success, to, to various things like that. And even if you don't have those things, it will not be a problem. If you have those things, it will not be a problem. And so again, once again, it's about what you have been called to, the hope of what you have been called to. And so when God gives us the wisdom and revelation, that in itself is glory. That in itself is a great privilege. But what is the goal of him giving that to us? 
So what is the hope of that calling? In other words, it is the eight blessings that, that Ephesians starts with in chapter 1. And what is the focus of that? What is the first blessing? Is that he has predestined us to be what? To be pure and blameless. And so the purpose of his calling for us in itself is purity and blamelessness. And so whatever we do, whether we live as a beggar, whether we live as a rich man, that's not matter. What's important is the goal is to be pure and blameless. And so the contents of that is not up to me, it's up to God. But as long as I am facing in that direction to be pure and blameless, that's, what, that's all that matters. And so from this perspective... If we live that way, we will see the glory of being called as his pure bride. Right? And, and this is ultimately must be our goal. Why? Because this is what God has what predestined us for us. And so it's not because of my will, but his calling in itself, his purpose for saving us, his purpose for giving us his word is what is to be established as pure and blameless. And so this is not something I can make. If I tried to make it, I would, I would lose breath. But it's because He willed it for us. He is going to make it inside of us. And so that's why we are amazed. That's why we are in awe. Because He is making this inside of us. And it's the same thing for me. As I'm be this pastor, this pastoral ministry, look at how much limitations is being revealed in my ministry. It's not something that I can do. I said last week in last uh, pastor's conference that do you know the, the, the boundary of, of holiness for the pastors? As it says in Acts 24, I think he said, that as Paul is speaking to, to the elders of the leaders of Ephesians, is that, is that, is that, uh, do not, you are, polluting the church that has been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Look, it's kind of like this, that when Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper is, is being moved from place to place, it is escorted by tanks. And this, all it is, is just a simple, simple painting, right? Just a simple painting. This one painting is escorted by tanks. It even has a specially made chamber to to move it. But what is a pastor? Let's say that let's say that the uh, Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper was hung exhibited in my office. Let's say that it's there. The original is in my is in my office. Uh, what tension would I have, right? What nervousness would I have? But it's not it's not Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper, but the church that God has purchased with His blood. That this is what is entrusted to me. Right. right. What? What tension? What? What nervousness would there be? And so that's why pastor cannot attempt to do anything of themselves. It's about giving up because it's not just the Last Supper, the painting, this painting that's worth millions and millions. No, it's 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 the Church of God that has been purchased by His blood. And first of all, the primary attack against the pastor is this religion, thinking that I can do something, I can do something, I can make something. 
And so look at how amazing it is the fact that this trust has been, that this church has been entrusted to me. And so you cannot, um, you cannot do anything of your own, right? How can you uh, take this mantle upon yourself? No, you have to have faith, perfect faith that you have been called. That's where the game is won. It's not about me able to do something, no, but, but continually giving myself up to the Holy Spirit, letting Him lead me, lead me, lead me. That's how important it is to, that He has predestined us to be pure and blameless. And so the remaining seven uh, blessings is given to us for what? So that we can be blameless and pure. What's the second blessing? The blessing is 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 that we are sons we have been adopted as sons he has given us authority over earth. and then uh, third is 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 he, forgiveness of sins and then what all wisdom and understanding and what else that that this this um, union this 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 um, integration what does that represent it represents rain and then he has given us he has anointed us and he has called us the praise of his glory and he has finally what sealed us with his holy spirit sealed us with his holy spirit and so all of these blessings are given us so that what so that we can see, so that we can see the hope which is of our calling, which is what, which is to be pure and blameless. And so, if you understand what it is that He has done inside of us, then you cannot help but believe. You cannot help but have faith. And so, and so, let's say that you, let's say that I, I said, promised you that I would give you an allowance, right? You would have hope, right? You would have hope that I'm going to receive some money. That you know my scale, right? I would at least give you $10,000, right? If I was to promise you an allowance. You know my scale. I'm probably going to give you at least $10,000. And so even with a person like me, there's a scale. But who is God? If you believe in His scale and you believe in His calling, then how much confidence would you have? If you believe that He has promised me to be pure and blameless, that this is His predestination for me, it is His will, if you receive it in faith, keep receiving it and living in the Holy Spirit, that person will one day uh, see that glory before He comes. And so, so it's because that faith continually fails and we continue to fall into despair. That's why we keep losing. We keep losing. What's most important is, is knowing in our being, knowing in our existence, knowing that He has given us this glory and nobility. He has given us all of this to be pure and blameless. As it says in Romans 8, 16, that I confirming in the, I'm living with the Holy Spirit every day because He confirms in me every day that I am I am His son I am His I am His child I am His heir that I am the glory of His praise or the praise of His glory so it's because you do not you fail to listen to that word that's why you continually fail in that faith you kept looking to other things. You keep thinking of other things. You keep putting your eyes to other things. That's why this faith is broken. As long as you receive this and you live by this, you will live by that faith. The Holy Spirit does not, cannot stand other th- sharing your heart with other things. He is upset by other things. As, as I said in the Lord's Prayer, 
right? When, I use the example of the clam. When a foreign object enters into the clam, the clam resists, resists, and resists. And so what's made out of that resistance is it, it is the pearl. In the same way, when we resist, when we when we get rid of everything, all these foreign objects and live only by the Holy Spirit, that's when that treasure is made. But it's because you keep mixing things. You keep living by all those other things. That's why you are unable to see the glory and the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Honestly, there's nothing in this world that is worth investing in because everything will fade. Everything fades away. It's only God alone is eternal. And when you understand that true value, when you understand that true uh, worth, that's when you will pour everything out there. And so what he has done, the promise that he has given us, keep receiving it in faith and living by the Holy Spirit, then one day you will see, you will see that, that this is made perfect in you. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. So when we live by that, ultimately, we will see the hope of that calling. So we're finished with calling. And so live in a manner, walk in a manner worthy of that calling. And then so we'll see what it means to live in a manner with the, uh, how the manner in verse 2. So this is the faith that we need to have. That ah, God, He has given us this calling. He has given us this calling. How amazing was what, what Pastor Kim Yun-jong said. He talked about Hebrews 12. That the church, the church, the importance of the church. Who are you? You are the true church. You are the true church. You attend Yobang Church. And because this church is the true church. And so even if you leave this church, what church should you look for? You should look for a true church. Wherever you go, go to a true church. And so don't decide for us to leave. First, find a place where you can go. First, find a true church. Look, I'm, I'm looking out for you even if you plan to leave this church. Even if you leave this church, don't let that be your first decision. Your first decision first should be find a place where you can go. First, go to a true church. Because if you leave the true church, you will leave the promise of God. You are leaving that promise. Okay? So you have been called to a true church. Amen. This is the truth that needs to warm your heart. That, and so without being in the true church, none of the promises of the Bible is, is valid. It's only valid to the true church. As we see in Ephesians 3, the wisdom that the true church has is, is such is such that that we can teach angels, that we can preach to angels, right? And that's promise is given to who is given to the true church, the church. And then so when I preach out of Revelations, who's going to be able to reveal the Antichrist is through the true church. Why? Why? Is it because they are so wise? Is it because they are so smart? Now, of course, it is they are smart because they have the wisdom given to them by God. Why do they have that wisdom? Because they have the authority to reign over the world, over, over the universe, over all creation. And so, of course, if they have the authority, then would they not have the wisdom to avail that authority? This is the faith that we need to have, that God has given to the church the authority to reign over the creation. Is he just going to leave them empty-handed? Is he going to leave them to, to drown in the deep end? No, he's going to equip them. 
And so, so live in a, walk in a manner worthy, worthy, as we'll see later in Philippians 1, is talking, is talking about this official status, right? Because you are a Roman citizen, you have the rights of a Roman citizen, right? In the same way, at that time of the Roman Empire, those citizens had this had this great pride in their citizenship, right? Because because the fact that they were citizens gave them great privileges, gave them great rights. But what about us? Who are we? We are citizens of what? Of the kingdom of heaven. And so as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we have rights, right? And these rights, as we talked about earlier this hope of of the calling pure and blamelessness and so as this pure and blameless being when we stand that what kind of what kind of characteristics will we have that is what's described in verse 2 and so as we are being made pure and blameless our character is being formed in this way amen and so these fruits of the spirit these fruits of the spirits are important evidence that we are living in the holy spirit amen we are living by that calling and so remember calling is made through faith but how much that faith takes fruit, what can we see? We, how can we see that? We can see by the fruit that is born. And so that person receives his righteousness in faith. But is he truly righteous? What can, how can we see that? We can see that through their life. Right, as we see in 2 Timothy 1.3, right? Um, we can see in faith that we have received righteousness. And so we see through our lives, are we truly disciples, right? So faith and life cannot be separated. If you have faith, you will live it. If you live it, you have faith, right? It moves together. And so it's all made evident through your, uh, your personality. And so with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, so the focus here is bearing with one another in love. This is the topic, right? If you receive the love of God, then in our community, what happens is that you will bear with one another. And what does it mean to bear with one another? This is more than forgiveness. It's going further than just simply forgiveness, right? Forgiveness, what is forgiveness? Someone did you something wrong and you forgive them. But what was bearing? Bearing is going, for, taking that one step further. Even if he goes against me, even if he doesn't seek forgiveness, I still receive him. As it says in Colossians 3, 15, where... where the saints bear with one another in love they don't just they don't just pass by it they don't just ignore it but what they bear with one another as it says in the early church what did they do they they as james says is to to seek forgiveness to confess your sins to one another it's about being transparent in the community that's what's important as i say once again so hey how many spoons is this in 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 his house so you need to be able to know how many even spoons are in, in your neighbor's house, right? <laughs> so be transparent, bearing with one another. And so even in these, these there should be nothing uh, causing clashes, collisions. And so, what does that mean? That means we need to um, bear with one another and, and forgive one another, loosen one another, bear with one another in love, and, and continue to grow together. That's what this is talking about here. 
And so through this complicated process of speaking with one another, working out our differences, uh, bearing with one another, and so when that love of God comes, this where this forbearance comes from. And so in Yabang Church, these things must no longer be um, be be theory, but 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 be uh, what's it called? Be practiced. And so many of us, we still have difficulties, right? There's still so many of us who have these enemies that that you refuse to look at them, you refuse to talk to them, you refuse to 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 do anything with them. And so we must be transparent amongst our, our members, right? And so if we want to bear with one another, what do we need? We need all humility, gentleness, patience, and patience, right? We need these characteristics in order to bear with one another in love. And so, of course, if you see the love of God, that love of God is, is made evident through what? When we love one another, when we love our neighbors. And so when we stand as pure and blameless, these kinds of community will represent what? Will, will show what? Will manifest what? Will manifest this bearing with one another in love. So, if you live by the Holy Spirit, then, then even just as the reed sways with even the smallest force of the wind, you will be able to move according to the movement of the Holy Spirit. You will not tolerate a, even a bit of darkness. So when you live by the Holy Spirit, you'll continue to be this person who can bear with one another, who can bear with one another. And this bearing with one another in love is more sensitive than forgiveness. Forgiveness is something that should be the basic it's the lower level and so this and so it doesn't make sense that you cannot forgive one another and so so with all humility and gentleness what is humility as we see in Philippians 2 that Jesus Christ was obedient even to the point of death and death on a cross that is true humility right it's not living by my will not living by my thoughts but living by the Holy Spirit and so what is important to that is meekness meekness so gentleness this word gentleness and patience what is patience patience is a characteristic of love just as God was patient with us long suffering right long suffering for us as it says in Psalms 130 what does the writer of the psalm say? That the reason why the Lord has given me this suffering is so that I can be someone who has patience, so that I can be long-suffering as God waits for me. And so that's what it's about. It's about endurance, endurance. If you don't have endurance, you don't have faith. It's about if you have faith, you have endurance. That no matter what kind of wind may come against you, that you're able to bear it. You're able to stand firm. How many of you have how many of you have never thought about leaving this church? Many of you have thought about leaving this church, right? Many times. Right? And it's through those hardships that you you build up that faith. So are, is your face is getting brightened up? Okay, yesterday the sports day you guys were kind of uh, darkened. But so now we're moving on to verse three. So this is the relationship between the spirit and the church. It's eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. That's so a peace, shalom. 
and there are many ways to interpret shalom, but I always interpret it what as victory. Because what is peace? Peace means that God has already given us the victory. That as children of God, what the confidence we need to have is that if we fight, we'll be victorious. As it says in Ephesians 3, it's not that He gives us as we go down the road. No, it's that He has already given us as we begin. And so, God has already given us everything. He has given us the victory. And so that's the confidence we need to have as, the, as we go forward. It's not simply that, oh, as we go, it begins. No. That we already have that victory. And so that the victory is already given to us. That our God has already given us these great blessings. And so it's not that we receive it when we go, once we get there. No, we receive it before we even begin. And this is really important that we need to understand what, when it comes to the concept of shalom. And so, the, and so look at many churches. Many churches, their programs is about first step, second step, third step, and then it's made. No. The important thing is, is that everything has already been given. It begins. And so that's the focus that we need to put on is that God has already given us everything. And, and so the more you meet with Him, the more you realize that He has already given it to you. And so that's why it's so important that we, we understand that He is our advocate. As it says in Romans 8, that, that, that though we do not know what we need to pray for, He prays in us with groans that, that are too deep for words. And so he continually reveals those things, continue confirming that I am righteous and judging the sins within me continually. And so let that Holy Spirit continually manifest inside of you. He has already given you everything, and so why look to the world? He has already given you everything, and so why sell yourself to the world? Look at your look at your head pastor. Has your head pastor looked for wisdom outside in the world? Has he done everything? No, all he has done is look to God. Look to God and God has given him everything. He has given us the complete victory, right? That's what that's the significance of shalom. And this is the faith we need to have. Amen. And so uh, faith in this is what's going to determine where you are going to end up. So let's continue. And so uh, uh, maintain the unity in the bond of peace. And so this word bond, this word bond is really important because, because bond, what does it originally symbolize? It symbolizes slavery, right? But if you look at Colossians 1, he talks about the bond between the church, the bond in the church. And so one of the, the relationship that it comes to the uh, church is based on what? The Holy Spirit, right? And so he has uh, overcome the world and he was established as the, the head of the church and the body is the, uh, is, or the church is his body, right? And so even now... We pray, we pray for the world and the world happens according to our prayer is. Whether the world recognizes it or not, we believe, right? That, that what is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven, what is bound on earth will be bound on heaven. That's the authority that we proclaim that we have as the church, yes? And so 
when the church is filled with the word, is filled with the spirit, then what he does is he confirms that that authority is given to the church. And going beyond that, the power and authority that the head has, all of his his being moves through what? Through his body. And so the church that can move according to his command, who gives those commands? What is the impulse? It is the Holy Spirit. And so as the body, which, which is the church, when it moves according to the will, according to the purpose of the head, who is the one who ties all that together? It's the Holy Spirit. And that's why we call it the bond, right? The bond. The nerves that, that, that move together. So he, he who is the head moves through the bonds of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we need to make every effort to be united in the Spirit. And we see in verse 4 and verse 5, are one Lord, one faith, one baptism. This word one is united. It's not the word one like the number, but united. United. And so... Who is united is the one who is united is the one who is in the Holy Spirit. Can we not be united to the head? We can, we can, we can in faith. But most important thing, the unity is in the Holy Spirit, being united in the Holy Spirit. So when you are united in the Holy Spirit, as you live with Him, when you do not limit Him, when you do not resist Him, then you are obviously going to be united and not limiting any other part of the Trinity. And so we need to make every effort to be united with the Holy Spirit, not because He is the most important, but because He is the bonds that ties together. He is the Emmanuel. He is the God that is with us, right? And so we need to make every effort to be united, united with Him, because He is the bond that brings us together, as it says in Revelations, or no, no, in First John, that He is the the one that that teaches us in the anointing the one that lets us know everything and so he reigns over the body amen and so that's why i always say there's nothing more easier than faith life why because i'm not the one who does it i follow according to the commands of him who is the head so the important thing here then if you realize this is repentance why? Because what limits the spirit, what goes against the spirit, it is the flesh inside of me. And so as long as that flesh is put to death inside of me, then I will not limit him. That's why it's about repentance. If you have faith in this, then what will you do? You will repent. And so let's continue. Okay, let us make every effort to, to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And so that means that we do not need to exert any effort in anything else. Just be exert our effort into being united in the Holy Spirit. And so then what does that mean? That we have to focus on, on removing the things that keep us from doing those things. And so whatever you say, whatever you look, whatever you're doing... Anything that resists against the spirit, that is that is sin. And so, for example, let's say I say something and I say out of my immorality or I say something out of my selfishness. Then the Holy Spirit convicts me of that. 
convicts me that 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 is what's going against this bond of peace and shows me why I hated that person, why I disliked that person. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing inside of me. And so as long as you are facing away from the Holy Spirit, you're closing yourself off from all of these things. And so then you'll just grow in your bindings, you'll grow in your self-centeredness, you'll grow in your own stubbornness. And so that's why it's important to repent, continually giving yourself to the Holy Spirit, seeing what energy is moving you, what is empowering you, what is driving you. That's what it means by uh, make every effort to be united in the bond of peace. There's nothing else that you need to, to make every effort in. Just simply give yourself to Him because He is your advocate. He is the one who is going to live for you, who is going to support for you. And so make every effort to, 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 to go in, to know Him. And so repent of what He reveals to you. It's not about what I think is right. It's not about what I think, uh, what I, my convictions. It's not about my my understanding, right? Look at what Proverbs says regarding this. It says that the man thinks that this right is way that, that this way is right, but that way leads to death and destruction. And so uh, there is one body and one spirit, uh, verse 4. And so again, what is the emphasis here? It's unity, unity. There's one body, one spirit, just, and just as you are called to one hope that belongs to your call. And so us being united, one, this is the hope of our calling every day, that this is what it is, is that He is the one who does it inside of me. He is the head is doing this inside of me. And so Paul is once again, what is his emphasis here? His emphasis is one spirit, one mind, one purpose, one love, one heart. And so everything in God, every his purpose, his glory, it's all about us being united, being able to move as one. And so we do not need to uh, lose ourselves in any other goal. This is our only goal. And what was the church, the example of the church that lost this? It is the Corinthian church. They thought of their own thoughts. They thought about their own desires. They thought about their own convictions. And so that's what led them to lose sight of this. And so for the past 24 years, we have been running towards the same goal, right? Under that same truth. Now, of course, many of you had your own thoughts. I understand that. That's okay. That's part of the process. But now we are being made more into one truth, one purpose, one heart. Amen. That is the victory that we are setting our eyes upon. Amen. So verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So again, what does this mean? That in all of these relationships, in everything, as long as we are united, then in faith we are also united to one another. And that means what? We will in, be, we'll trust one another. And so, hey you, do you trust him? Do you trust him with your life? Look, he's, he's hesitating. That's no, no okay. So, so this is what it is about. This is the, what it means to be the body, member of the body, and this is the relationship that God has established inside of us. And so, and above all else, that's what we are hoping for. That that we will have that relationship where we can trust one another with our lives. That and so so if you cannot trust another person, then forgive them, forgive them, and seek repentance. You you can you do not trust me, do you? You do. You can trust me. You trusted me all along, all this time. Are you sure? Okay, let's continue. 
And so it's about unity. Unity, unity. Faith is unity. Uh, truth is unity. Everything is being united. And so this is what's important. This is what the, that baptism, right? That baptism is, is tying us all together in this unity. So if we have this relationship in God, then we will also have that unity with one another. Look at how important this is. And look at how amazing this truth is. Why is the church so disunited? It's because they are so polluted by the world. They think that they know what is right. And they're always looking, claiming what they know, what they understand. They do not live by the truth. Now what else? One God and Father of all. And so this is again talking about God who is God of all creation. He who reigns over everything. We'll see this later in verse 20, right? That He reigns over everything. He, he knows everything. And so who is over all and through all and in all. And so He is inside of you. And so what more can we desire when He who has everything, who has all is in us? And so, so we need to be united with him and so look at verse 7 verse 7 to 9 and they are all we need to be united all together but it's not unity and uniformity no it's unity in is unity in diversity and so it's not me being uniform. It's not about being uniform. We are all different. We have diversity, right? Some are short, some are tall, some are skinny, some are fat. We're all different. But we are united to him who is the head. That's what's important. That's what we're seeing here. And so the church, it's not about us being uniform. It's about us being united. Though we all have our diversity, we are being united to Him who is the head. That's where power comes. And so we acknowledge our diversity. We acknowledge our differences. But what does the world, what does the world do? What does the devil do? The devil talks about uniformity. I like jajangmyeon, so why do you not like jajangmyeon? Okay. And so this is really important. There's some of you who think that that is difficult because you're different from me, and you get hurt because they are you are different from me. But but that you need to understand that that's not your problem, but my problem, right? It's not that person's problem, but my problem. Okay, you should not have any kind of resistance to a person who is different from you, who might think differently from you, who might have a different personality from you. And look at the world today. The world, they're always looking for people who are, who are of similar disposition. People who are liking the same things, who, are, who, who love the same things. That's the scary thing. This is what's sapping the strength of the church. We need to acknowledge that there's beauty in diversity. Really. If uniformity was righteousness, then God would have made us all uniform. But ever since the beginning... God has made everyone unique. There is not even a person who is the same. Even, even um, twins. Look at twins. They, they look different. Their personality is completely different. Everything is completely different. 
And so acknowledge that there's beauty in diversity, right? And so bless the person next to you that I'm grateful that you are different. I am grateful that you are different. So verse 7, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. And so this gift that is alluding to is chapter 4 verse 11. And because we are different, the way the Holy Spirit moves inside of us is different. We, it's all different. It's unique to all of us. And so according to the, and even the measure is different. So though we are belong to the same body, we are all different. We all have our own roles. And so the Holy Spirit it gives us all according to our measure. This must be clear to some apostles, to others prophets, to others evangelists, to others pastors and teachers. And so all the way, the color that the Holy Spirit works in every single one of us is diverse. And so moving on, verse 8, Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. So this is from Psalm 68. What is Psalm 68? It's about the completion of the Exodus. The completion of the Exodus didn't happen once they fled from Egypt, but rather when the temple was established and he came, his presence came down upon the altar and he was seated there. His presence was resting on that mercy seat. That is the completion. That is the perfection of the Exodus. That, and so now when God leads us in his Exodus from this world, He's going to build this new temple and he's going to be seated on that mercy seat there and reigns. That's when that exodus from the world will be perfected. As we look in Daniel and in Revelations, the world, this world will exist until when? It will exist. And, and when does the new Jerusalem begin? It begins not when his on his second return. It's when he is seated on that throne. It's when he is seated on that throne. Until that day, the, this world will still exist. Even in millennial kingdom, this world exists. But when he is seated on that throne, and, that, and that's why reigning and him seated on that throne is so important. And so it's when, that's when you can see the perfection of that church. It's when he is seated on that throne. And so we're grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful that, that God is the one who reigns over this church. We, we always emphasize this. Now, there have been times where I've lost sight of that. But, but for the most part, God has kept that in us. And so anyways, moving on. Uh, he gave gifts to men. So when he ascended on high... Wait. Okay. When he ascended on high, what is this talking about? It's talking about him being registered basically as a king, right? He, he, he's being proclaimed as king and he led a host of captives. What this symbolizes what those, those Israelites take, being taken out of captivity. And then what? So he, and what did he do? He led them and he gave gifts to men. So again, this is using Psalms. And with this verse, what is Paul alluding to? He is alluding to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ going up, ascending onto high. What does that mean? That he has the victory over the flesh and he ascends and he's seated on the throne in heaven. And now, 
In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he has also descended into the lower region? So what is this lowering into the descended region? Again, this doesn't make sense, right? He ascended and yet he descended, descended again? No, okay, so what this is talking about, not him coming to earth, but him descending into, into the abyss, right? As we see, right? And so when he ascended to heaven, what was taken away? The abyss was taken away. And out, uh, so the, the depths, right? Um, uh, English Bible tends to say shoal, right? The shoal was taken away. The abyss was taken away. And now there's a paradise. And so he rescued the righteousness out of that abyss. And he led them to where he led them to paradise. That's what's being talked about here. So just as uh, God led the Israelites out of out of the Exodus, out of Egypt, he's, he set them free and he was seated on the throne. So, he, like it says in Hebrews 12, I think he said, right, being one with all the righteous together. And so, moving on, verse 10, he who descended is one who also ascended far above all the heavens. And so he who descended is the one, what is this talking about? This is talking about him coming in the flesh, but also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So who is he? He is the one who is there, seated on that throne, and filling uh, all things. And so what can we understand through this? What we can understand is that ultimately, he who is in heaven is has all all things is in him and so for us as long as we move according to his will as long as we move according to him everything will be good right will be will will happen according to his plan and then so he gave gifts and this gifts we'll see in verse 11 what are these gifts Ephesians 4.11 is what is the system of the church. Romans is the structure of the church. Ephesians 4.11 is the system of the church. And so the Holy Spirit reigns over the church. And He doesn't just simply reign over all creation, but He gives the system to the church to reign. And so these apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers... This, you can see, look at these as people, and they are people, but also you can see them as positions, as callings. But the source of all of these things is because the Spirit of God has been present, because His Spirit is there, because the Spirit of apostles is there, that's why the position of the apostles is there, because His Spirit of, of prophecy comes upon us, that's why the position is there. And so this is really important. This is really important spiritual truth. That's what's being proclaimed here. So for example, prophecy. The reason why prophecy is always missing the mark, why is prophecy so weak? Just as if a car doesn't have gasoline, it will not move, no matter how good the car is. It's the same thing. It's because there's no gasoline, right? And that's why the prophecy is missing the mark. And so... And so, um, if the spirit is the gasoline, what are these four things? It's like the roads, the roads. And so, if we want to prophesy, we need the spirit of prophecy. And so, and so, what about the word of wisdom? Why, why is this falling? Is because the spirit of of apostle is not there, because the truth is not there. 
And so uh, if the spirit is not there, then all these spiritual gifts will will miss the mark. But when that spirit is there, it will be sharpened. As we see in Romans 12, the spirit that establishes the church, that builds the church up, all of these, these spiritual gifts, the reason why they are not moving properly is because the road of these four uh, systems is not there. And that's actually how you've been trained throughout these past years in our church. And now some of you, it has not made manifest, but now the time is coming where it will be manifest. And so in your relationships, you all need to have this um, influence of building one another up in the system because this is the system that the church has been given and that's why cell, intercession, everything, you have this influence one another in this relationship, in this system. So you don't need to worry about what you are, but if you are in the church, the essence of that church will reign inside of you and will make this inside of you. And so... And so if that person is the apostle and I'm the prophet, there is, there is this exchange, there is this interchange between me and him. And, and, and it builds one another up. It goes up and up and up. Amen. That's what's important here. And so 500, there's 500 in our church. Every single one of you has this influence for one another, building each other and another up. And when we build each other up, we'll see great power, great power going forth from here. This is actually what's been causing our church to be so exhausted for so long is because there was such, there was so much resistance to this. And so now it's going to be restored. And so receive the spirit of apostle, receive the spirit of prophets, receive the spirit of evangelists, receive the spirit of pastorship. Amen. And so let the anointing of the spirit uh, overflow inside of us, that the, the spiritual uh, gift of the word would flow inside of us. And so, and so verse 12, these, to equip the saints of the work of ministry. So the order is important here. And so in this system, the saints are made perfect. And so without this system, can you be made perfect? No, you can't. And so it's the calling itself is perfect. The calling is what starts... And so, right, he, he came to this earth, he died on the cross, he died for our sins, he took our sins upon us, and he cleansed us, cleansed us, and he gave us righteousness. And with that purified blood, he went up to the heavenly tabernacle and washed away all the sins. And because of this calling, this calling is inside of us, and that's why we have this perfection. It's because the system is inside of us that that perfection applies to us. And so when I went to Israel, there are some people who talk about this. There are some people who talk about the system, but no one has embodied it. I have not seen anyone who has embodied this system. And so that's why God is embodying this in our church. And that's how important this is. And so in our church, whether it's our cell, whether it's our intercession, whatever, however it may manifest, ultimately the system that's moving it, ultimately what's moving it should not be a program of man. It's not some kind of system, right? It's the system that needs to be moved. We are not making this program of intercession. It's about these leaders who can establish the system and can move. Cell is not a program. The intercession is not a program. All of this, the reason why all of this was going, it was to establish people. People, right? 
Bible is not a system to unravel the word in a systematic way. No, it's about building the people, building the people who are built in this system. And so all over the world, you can go out to train. You can go out because all this system is already established in you. So it's about people. I mean, look at the system, right? Look at look at the example of Pastor Kang and his wife. They did not speak a word of Chinese, and yet they went to Malaysia. They went to Malaysia not knowing anything. Look at that. And and look at their bodies. Did they have health? No. Pastor Kang is weak after after his after his stroke, and then Mrs. and then his wife. She was actually a cancer patient at the time. And not speaking a word of Chinese. And yet, why were they able to go? Because of this system. Because in this system, in this truth of God was being moved inside of them. And look all over the world. All of my disciples, all over the world. Through them, this gospel is being proclaimed. In Africa, right? All they have to do is read my sermon and they start to go. They get flipped upside down. And I hope South America will also become this way. Right? Costa Rica. There's hope in Costa Rica. There are things going on that, that we cannot we cannot understand. And so is it because is it because of programs? Did our program make this? No. It's all through the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit being made manifest as the Holy Spirit moves inside of us. And this must be inside of you, in you, cell leaders. Cell leaders, don't make it out of your wisdom. It's not about your understanding. It's not about your realization. No, in your cell, as you have this relationship, as you build one another up, as you um, influence one another in this way, build one each other up. Amen, brothers, especially brothers. It's not about his, it's not about program. It's not about building something up in a program. And so brothers, we want this spirit to be unraveled upon you, unleashed upon you, amen? That you are being made in this perfect system, amen? Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. And this is what makes us whole, that we can uh, uh, equip the saints for the work of ministry. And so apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, this deacons, all of these deacons is, is united in the church. And they're able to do this. So why? Because they live by the Spirit. And so all of you need to be ready to go out on missions. All of you need to be ready to go out. Why? Because you are all established in this system. Every single one of you being ready to be missionaries, to be ministers. Worshippers, uh, um, offerers. Right, one of the elders came to my church and said to me this, that, that at my previous church, all I had to do was give money and that was good enough. But in this church, I have to do everything. I have to give money. I have to preach. I have to, I have to serve. I have to minister. But remember, it's not because I do it. I'm not the one who does it, but the system that the, that's within me. And so the Holy Spirit inside of me moves inside of me. The church is not an organization. The church is not a gang. It is life. It is a life in itself. And it's through this life. It is moving in this system. Amen. 
So moving on, verse 13 says the same thing, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son. And so faith and knowledge is not separate. And so this knowledge and faith comes, goes together. They're united, right? As it says in Amos, right, or in, in, in Hosea, that my people are dying for the for, for the lack of knowledge of me. And so it's knowledge. Knowledge and faith goes together. The system moves together. Amen, amen. And then continuing on on that, uh, until they attain the unity of the faith to the full uh, to the measure of the stat, stature of the fullness of Christ. So what is this fullness? The righteousness, everything that he has done. This kerygma, this embodiment of that righteousness. Jesus, everything that he has done, his death, his ascension, his resurrection, all of that is inside of us. Amen. Why? Because the spirit, the spirit inside of me is what and what is that? That is the seed, the seed that he has planted in me. Amen. That's where confidence comes in. So live by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Moving on verse 14. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceit. And so when we serve, when we minister, we need to be innocent but this is this talking about this children is not about that innocence but it's talking about immaturity what is an heir what is the crown prince the crown prince is mature is someone who knows his father's things as it says in John 16 John, not, not 16 1 first John 1 that you are my children Technon the moment you believe you are Technon you are a child but this child is a child without an inheritance this is Technon but we are no longer Technon but we are Huios we are sons we are in sons who have the right to receive that inheritance amen so we are Huios and but if you are not mature what does that mean that means that you just believe but you do not know you do not have confidence in your inheritance and so you're like oh am I going to heaven or not but now we need to rise to that maturity as as heirs and then continue on so that we are not tossed to and fro fro by human cunning what is human cunning this is talking about the system of babylon the ways of babylon because everything in this world what is it it's a doggy dog world it's a world that constantly needs to climb on top of each other they need to deceive one another they need to take advantage of one another that's what this world is all about this world is doggy dog and is in that doggy dog it's the one who survives that will come on top but what is righteousness righteousness is no is no craftiness and deceitful schemes right someone who doesn't have their own strength they are innocent of dove i am not the one who protects myself i am not the one who keeps keeps my 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 my, my success who has responsibility of that is god and so if and so if i die i die if i don't have i don't have that's what righteousness is about the world is not the same way. The world is about maintaining my own way. It's keeping myself. It's, it's, it's making sure that I, I, I survive. But if we live by the Holy Spirit, that's not how you will live. Amen? If someone kills you, then you will die. That's, you, you give in to that death. You, you submit to that death. Right? If God says to go, you go. If God says to come, you come. There is no resistance to that. This is true freedom. And what else does it say? by human cunning so the Korean order is a little bit different it's a human cunning and so if we live by the old self we no longer live by the methods of the old self right and so be filled in the new self amen be filled in the new self and what else does it say 
tossed to and fro by the waves. So again, this is going back and forth according to the trends of the world. That's not what it is. We are centered in God. We are centered in the truth. We are centered. And so we believe once again that you are new covenant beings that is perfected inside of you. So we do not live by the trends of the world. We do not live by the news of the world. We are not tossed to and fro by the trends of this world. Amen. And so let's continue. Let's continue. We live by the kingdom of heaven, and because we live by the kingdom of heaven, we are we are living by a kingdom that is what that is not shaken, that is not shaken. Because we are living by a kingdom that is not shaken. Amen. And so, moving on, verse 15. Rather speaking the truth in love. And so in love, in love and in the truth, the truth in love, truth and love must go hand in hand. If there is no truth, then that love is not love. And love without truth is, or in truth without love, it just simply becomes information. So many times people said that, that looked at me and said that I don't have love, right? Many people said that, but, but but now you're starting to realize that in my truth there is love right because truth and love must go hand in hand truth and love must go hand in hand and so if there if truth doesn't have love it is powerless if there is love without truth that love has no influence and so this is the being that you are being made into but it's because of the system and so without the system all of this is val is null so amen so continuing uh, rather uh, rather speaking the truth Going up in every way into him who is the head. And so he who is the head, I am one with him. What he thinks is my thoughts. His thoughts is my thoughts. His decisions is my decisions. Like it says in, in, in Jeremiah 33, the, the perfection, the, the, the embodiment of, of the new covenant, right? That, that his words is written in my heart, is written in my head. Amen. Amen. So lastly, verse 16, from whom the whole body and so ultimately the church ultimately in this day will become like this. And what is the re what what does it look like? It is the dream team, the dream team, the best athletes at every position is gathered together and making this one team, this dream team together. Amen. And so Yorban Church, you are that dream team. That's our hope. Amen. And so from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which is the, with which it is equipped. And so from the head going down to the toes, every body, every arm, every finger, the body moves, it moves through what? It moves through the movement of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the bonds that bring it together. And so every single joint, every thing that is held together according to the system of, of apostles, prophets, evangelists, and preachers, becomes one in truth and in love according to the love of Him who is the head, that church grows into the fullness. It is the dream team. The, the, the best athlete at every position comes together and is made perfected together in this dream team. And so Yorban Church's dream team will come to fruition soon. And so you let us grow to the full measure, the full measure. And so do you believe, bless the person next to you, that you are the dream team. 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 And so in 1992, it was the first time that the USA had the dream team come to the Olympics. And I think that they were playing against Russia and it was like, the score was 120 to 20. 
1992 in the Barcelona Olympics, this dream team came together, and so no one else could compete. No one else could compete. And so remember, when God brought you together, what was His one goal to you is so that not so that you would be more than victorious. You would be more than conquerors. There's great victory is given to you. You are not just barely crossing the finish line. You are not just barely being victorious. No, you are not winning by 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 decision. No, but you are winning by total knockout. TKO. That you have that complete victory. You are more than conquerors. Oh yes, you can speak English now, right? More than conquerors. What time is it? Oh wow. It's it's a it's a miracle. And so is is the efficient going to come out again or do I close? Okay, I close. Okay, let us pray. Okay. There's nothing else that we need to pray for. Let's pray for this anointing, that this anointing would fill us with the spirit of apostle, prophets, evangelists, and teachers. That, Lord, may you restore the glory of the early church. That everyone would grow to the full measure, the complete measure that you have, a, have, have predestined. That, Lord, your dream team that you have established would be brought into this place. That that victory, that complete victory would characterize this church. Bless us and may we overflow in your spirit. May your blood overflow inside of us. Let us all pray together in spirit. Pour it out more powerfully upon this place. Receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Believe in the calling that God has given you. The calling of the King of all kings. The heart that he has for you. Have faith. Receive it. Okay, hold the hands with the person next to you that this anointing would overflow, would overflow. We are all one team, amen? We are the dream team, amen? Have faith in this. This is the calling of the church. This is not our will. It's not our purpose. It's His purpose for us. Have faith in that, amen? That, that is His determination. So hallelujah, yes, Lord. Now, Yabang Church, as we begin again in this Pentecost, Lord, may this system overflow inside of us. May that glory once again flow through us. Let us pray all together that this anointing will overflow in every single one of us. Flow, overflow, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, we are one. We, though we are unworthy, though we have nothing to show for ourselves, and yet for the past 24 years, you have called us to this glorious church, and you have held on to us as you led us to this point. And now, Lord, may this church be renewed in your spirit, that we would wait for this new pouring out of your spirit, of the new Pentecost upon us. May you bless our church with all of this system. This system, foundation, structure, all of it would be renewed in our church. Amen. So Lord, according to your will, in these end times, being completely set apart from Babylon, having this glorious church, this Yerbang church, as they are established all over the world, bless them that they would be firm in that faith. And Lord, we offer this, this, this sacrifice to you. May it please you. 
And may this be a confession of their faith that they will not live by the system of this world, but that they would that they live by your blessings. And so wherever they go, that your blessings would be made manifest. That in their lives, in every aspect of their life, that your blessings would flow. And now, by the grace of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and through the holy love of the Father, and the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit, to the saints who de determined to live by the Holy Spirit alone, and in the glory of the church, upon their children, upon their inheritance, upon their business, upon their schools, upon the church and missions all over the world, upon Zoe Ministry and Yerbang Church, may this blessing rest now and forevermore. Thank you.